Hi, I'm Meredith. I'm Kristen, and we'd like to welcome you to the writer's story. It is the first day of spring, which Woo-hoo! I know, which sounds warmer than it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mornings in the 20s, uh, it's sort of, it's hard for me to imagine, but by the afternoon, in the 50s sunshine it's looking good a few things are blooming i know it has been kind of an insult though because i've had a i've had some issues with the pollen and i'm like wait i'm having you know i'm sneezing and it's cold it doesn't seem fair (laughs) (laughs) well it's nice to see spring on its way i have to confess i got a a good jump start on it by going down to Key West, an, an annual trip my husband and I make. And so I got a good dose of heat. And uh, so it was it was surprising to come back to 20s, but um, yeah, but I know we're getting close. We're getting there. We are. Okay. We are. It'll be 90 degrees before we know it, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So we were just going to talk today um, because we're going to chat with you know we're gonna have a special yeah we're gonna have a guest who who invites people to come in and write there and so we were going to talk a little bit about setting and you know I guess I don't know it's kind of a curious thing how setting maybe becomes a a character in your book Um, maybe how writing in a setting about the setting might affect your book or maybe writing somewhere else might be helpful. Um, One of the things that I think a little bit about is that um, my first mystery series, I wrote it in the neighborhood where I was living and that was pretty useful because you could just sort of walk out and get inspiration. But I ended up setting it in the past a little bit because where the present was wasn't as interesting as what it had been like you know (laughs) six years before and 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 so that was kind of a weird disconnect so it wasn't even that helpful because I was imagining how it was before did you did you do research or did you let your imagination no I had lived there and, mm-hmm. and so what had happened is when we moved there, it had been a, a, into Williamsburg, Brooklyn is what I'm talking about. It had been um, an artist neighborhood and also very working class and there were still factories and that kind of stuff. And then there was a strong Italian community and a strong Puerto Rican community and a strong Hasidic community. And, you know, and what was happening it was gentrifying very, very quickly. And as it gentrified... So it got less interesting to me. And so I felt like I had to even just go back five years in order to make it more interesting. But you had been there yes. in those five years right. earlier. Yeah. So so yeah. even living there, maybe that was still even a more of a disconnect. Well, and then I was also fictionalizing it completely. So I, was, I wasn't um, referencing any restaurants that actually existed. You know, I was making up. So that was like another layer on it, you know, fictionalizing then also putting it in the past. So I'm not sure how useful it was. <laughs> Don't you think that it has a feeling, like maybe the feeling of that place you remembered and could carry with you and that that then informs the imaginative, fictionalized representation of it? Yeah. I think there's also sometimes it can be, 
It can be useful, like if you're writing about winter, to be in a place that's cold, you know, whatever, that they can help you maybe jumpstart some ideas. But I think there's also a, a real, um, it's really nice to write about something that's not at all like where you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think about all the the projects that people took on during the pandemic many of them were imagining places that they really wanted to go and i know i worked on a project that was a road trip novel because even though i wasn't leaving you know the one acre of my home <laughs> so you could hit yeah, the road I in do. your book I you know i mean and i think that's kind of why we read too you know that we also mm-hmm. like to travel and see other things i mean it's fun to read a book about a place that you've been or lived yes absolutely as long as they do it right because as yes. soon as you start running into things where you're like that's wrong then you're just like out of the story it's like when i but read a book fun. of about new yorkers and they go to times square and i'm like <laughs> people who live in New York really no one would say meet me in Times Square all right just, I'm just <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah well I think that um yeah there is something to the recognition of places in books that we read that is a special thrill and special delight and then there are also some writers that just do setting so amazingly well I feel like it does become another character in the book that you yes. just can't yeah. imagine, you know, like an Annie Prue or somebody, you just can't even separate the setting from the from the characters. Yeah, I think some cities really lend themselves to that. I'm also thinking about the setting as a place where a person might write, that is the place in which you're doing your writing, and the effect it might have if it's not, say, your home or if it's unfamiliar to you, or you've gone to a place, you know, is it, um, yeah, whatever the effect of the place might be on you could bleed into your work as well. And I'm thinking about that a bit because of our guest tonight, Trudy Hale. I'm super excited to um, talk with her. She's a writer herself, a poet memoirist, um, diarist, she calls herself as well. She um, has a place that is much beloved of writers in the area here called The Porches, writing retreats in Nelson County. And um, it's this beautiful rambling old farmhouse, I think it is, that has beautiful porches on it. And people go there to write. And she's created a space that's so incredibly inviting and inspirational. I don't know if it's like the ghosts of writers past who inhabit the place that gives it some of that feel. But um, anyway, I'm excited to talk with her about that. She also is editor-in-chief of Streetlight Magazine, which is a cool literary magazine um, from out of the area. So, yeah, so I'm thinking also about, you know, the idea of going to a place, in this case, it's a um, rural farmhouse, and working there, or of going, say, to Paris, you know, I think about that wonderful Shakespeare and Company bookstore that 
has actually housed writers sleeping in its stacks, I think, over the years. <laughs> well, you know, I think um, writers can be very um, superstitious about what works best for them. And I have gone through many different cycles as a, as a writer, you know, um, when I had a small child, I really couldn't write in the house unless he was napping. So I would write in um, loud cafes and it didn't matter because no one needed me. You know what I mean? Like the noise didn't bother me because it really wasn't like anyone, you know, asking me for anything. So, um, but then other times, you know, I did little, um, I had a, a, a place to write, you know, that, um, a place like the writing, a place like um, Writer House, where I belonged to, an Astor place, and it was completely silent. And you would go there, and you would you would have an appointment. It'd be like I am writing, and I am going here, and like that. You would you would know that it was time to write. And I have never done a residency except for uh, ones of my own uh, invention. But I feel that I felt a similar thing. You're you're feeling like this is the time to write and I'm in a different place. I'm not in my house. There's no laundry. Mm -hmm. There's no other things to distract me. And yeah, and that can be, that can get you going much faster. Yeah. Yep. It can be very productive, but I don't know if it matters what the place looks like or not. I mean, it's hard to say, does it affect your writing or not? to be in the quiet. Yeah, the... and I think, I guess it's different for different people. I, and maybe different times of a project, different parts of a project. I, um, and I do think coming back to something you were reflecting on earlier, that, you know, if you, um, that it can be really nice to be in the kind of location anyway, that your story is set to remind you of what the feel of the air is like on your skin or whether there's a particular smell that comes at a certain time, um, what the light looks like in different points of the day. I think that that can be really, really valuable for giving that, um, that kind of je ne sais quoi sensibility to your story but that it- enables the reader to fall into it. Yeah, but it might also be that that's um, a good place to go and do your research, and a place to write mm, is yes. really some other place altogether. A third yeah. place that's not where you live, and it's not where your story is set, but it's some place where you can really focus and concentrate. Yes. So, well, I think that um, it would be it's going to be wonderful to talk to Trudy. I've never met her, and I would love to hear more about her writing and the porches. Yeah, she's delightful. Let's give her a call. Great. Hi, Trudy. Hi, Kristen. <laughs> so nice to meet you. Yeah, the same, Meredith. We're so glad to have you on, and um, can't wait to learn more about porches. I have had we have lots of people in our um, Charlottesville writing group that have been to see you, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Writers tend to make their way there. Yeah, they 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 wander in. Um, 
Richmond and Charlottesville. I th uh, Kristen, I th were you, are you closer to Richmond? I can't remember. I live in Charlottesville now, but I lived in Richmond before. And okay. so, and I learned about the porches from friends in Richmond first. Okay. And oh my gosh, they just spoke in such glowing terms of the place. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I had moved to Charlottesville that I had a chance to come. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh it's so special i had that wonderful bedroom up on the second floor porch overlooking that gorge the river bluff <laughs> and oh my gosh anyway it was just wonderful and one of the things i just love trudy is all the books that you have in there and then there's the piano and the artwork and there's just so many places that a writer can get inspiration before they've even like thought about their own the work they might have brought it's such a wonderful place so yeah, when, thank you so when you bought the place moving from california i'm like jumping ahead in your timeline we'll go back but um was the intention to make it into a writing retreat no that's a very good question i would have never had the guts to buy a ruin on the river <laughs> and turn it into a writer's retreat um but it was one of those um events that happen or occur in your life where what appears to be a curse ends up being a gift and i was just hanging on to a galloping horse my husband um bought the place manic he he was a bipolar director television director in hollywood and he was from the south i was from the south and we thought we we would really like to live in the south again so but by that time i decided i can't live with this guy anymore it's just <laughs> wild to ride but he found this house and i said okay i said i'm gonna i'll move you there with all our things but i'm gonna find my own place and i did move him here and then he was very depressed and he moved his bed into the dining room. I don't know if you, if you remember the dining room, which I now call the refectory. And he just pulled the covers up and I began, I was, I put my bed upstairs in the Blue Queen. I don't know, Kristen, if you remember. Yeah. And the house began to speak to me. She said, I used to be beautiful. Oh. And uh, fix me. And I began to think, uh, what this place I didn't think right away a writer's retreat but I said I've got to stay here and create something lovely mm. and it had always been in my mind I'd always loved the idea of literary salons you know the famous literary places in history and um, I was visiting a, a friend of mine who teaches uh, she did teach she retired at Lynchburg College and she happened to have um Alliance for Artistic Communities, the book on her desk. And I looked at that. So there were little seeds along the way. It wasn't a full-blown idea. It was almost like the house, too, was just pulling me into reinventing it and restoring mm. it and saving it. So I saved the house. The house saved me. And it's just this wonderful, creative uh, space and energy. I mean, it's just like every room has its own feeling and muse and writers will have their favorite room. Some doesn't matter which room. Some will say, well, if, if, if treetops is available or the dove. So, uh, no, it's, 
it's been an amazing um, journey, and I'm just so rewarded and uh, enriched by the writers who flow through here. Um, yeah, it's 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 it's. I'm very happy that it turned what seemed like what seemed like the end of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Life. So, yeah. um, so tell us a little bit about your um, writing story. How? When did you first start writing? Oh my gosh! I think when I was very young, um, I had um, a teacher. You know how you have to say write that paragraph of what? 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 I, my summer vacation. Oh. <laughs> this full class and I was I always felt really um inhibited and inferior in my school you know they had all the the um hierarchy and the different social classes that the south can have and but after she we turned our papers in she picked me out to read my my summer vacation and I knew then that I had something special but I think I always wrote to kind of I always kept a journal not so much maybe when I was real young but when I became a teenager um and it was the way for me it was like I I said oh that's who you are it I connected mm-hmm. me to the, myself and to uh sanity basically the journal so I was writing in a journal for years and years and um and always writing poetry and then short stories and then when I was in LA I wrote scripts um with a partner but took the you know I went to the MFA program that helped me focus and connects you to a community so I was I was always uh, a writer um but I would you know, it, I would do things like, well, I'm trying to write. You know, I'd use that word, trying to write. Mm. I didn't claim it. Mm. I didn't. Do you remember when you claimed it? Um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was when I was still in California. When I started writing scripts and, and going, I went to a lot of workshops. In fact, my brother called me the workshop junkie. <laughs> well, I was always writing and then, you know, workshopping the material and um yeah, it was it it was just my joy and my passion. Um and in know. California, it's a very collaborative kind of writing environment, isn't it anyway with the Hollywood screenwriting? Yeah, but see, it's a big divide because it's um there's the screenwriting in Hollywood and then there's the literary so it's really two different uh, communities. And yeah. that's why it was so great when I went to Antioch because it was writers, not ju- not the screenwriters. It was the literary and poets and that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how is it, so you are editor-in-chief of Streetlight Magazine. So yeah. how, yeah, how is that? How does it inform your writing or how is it work-wise for you? You're juggling quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to that's me. My, that's what my daughter says. Um, <laughs> ADHD, it's just you've got too much to do. Well, the streetlight was such a uh, interesting um, 
way that I came to that because Streetlight was in Charlottesville. They had published a couple of hard copies uh, issues. And then um, a friend of mine asked uh, me if I wanted to be the fiction editor. So I met uh, Sharon Leiter and Susan Schaffersack and the, the, the cast of characters. Um, and then we lost our, um, we got our nonprofit. Then we lost our uh, printer because it was the crash of 2008. And the, I can't remember the name of the printer. Um, but anyway, they, they no longer were going to do gratis printing for us. So we, we kind of hibernated for a couple of years, but we had this wonderful nonprofit. And I thought, this is just, it's just too good um, a thing to let, to let it just fall and, and disappear. Yeah. So I had, there was a writer who came to Porches, and she was um, very frisky and very... <laughs> And she, when I found out that she was a, a techie, like she knew how to do WordPress and all that, um, and she lived just south of Charlottesville, I said, well, why don't we do a trade? And you get our magazine online, and I'll give you time at the porches. And so that's oh. how that started. Um, and we have wonderful editors, and... Uh, just publish a, a lot of really high quality uh, writers in in all genres, and we have the art too. It's a it's literary art. Wonderful. Um, very happy. I love I love the staff. They're all volunteer. They're all extremely talented, and um, so I just uh, you know at first I thought when we lost, we did lose our editor in chief. She was. Um, Susan Williamson, and she's one of those people that are really admin. I am not admin. <laughs> I didn't even know you could put things in folders. <laughs> I was in my 40s, I think. And, uh, we lost her, and, and, and Susan Chaffersack and I, we looked at each other, and we just had no idea who could be editor-in-chief. And uh, so then, but we didn't want the, the magazine to fold, so we each said, well, if we'll just hold hands. We'll do it together. Oh, that's how it, it started. And she's our, um, our nonfiction editor. Brilliant, okay. brilliant and wonderful writer and poet. And so, yeah, I'm glad you love the streetlight. I'm very happy. Yeah. yeah. That's well, great. I think that, you know, being online, I'm sure it's not probably the same for writers as holding a literary journal in their hands and seeing it printed but I think it, it reaches such a has a potential to reach such a larger audience yeah but let me tell you I have to do a little plug for Streetlight we now publish an anthology and it's hard copy and it's it's um they can hold it in their hands oh, so good. every year I wish I I had it here um <laughs> it's downstairs but we put put the art in, and we put, do the poetry and the fiction. Everything that was published in that year is a, gets it to be in this hard copy anthology. So it's really nice. I'm so proud of it. And yeah. uh, and who does put the um, printing together for you now? Um, well, we the, the, see this is the, the great thing. We do a we have someone that has to use. Um, 
gosh, what's the name of that? In design. So it's, you know, got the book. So we had, he, he used to help us. Um, he's no longer on the staff in that way, but he does put the book together in InDesign because he knows how to do it. And then because of Kindle, Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing, we can upload it and it's there, the, but then people can just order it. So it's print, it's print on demand. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. a great thing about technology that we don't <laughs> we don't have to publish a whole bunch of them and hope that they sell or yes. keep them in your garage <laughs> you know what that's so funny meredith because oh. i have a couple of boxes with the old street light issues when we had the the publisher um and yeah you just don't it's it makes me sad i don't want things to go to waste and well you books. you just feel like you can't throw them away i don't know Kristen, how many no, copies of your own books you have but you know no, i'm embarrassed i have boxes of i know it's just you you just can't throw them away and you think oh well and then every once in a while something good will happen with them i had um you know i had one year my college reunion they decided to give my book away to everyone in my class so I could nice. so I sold it to them I was like I, I have some boxes of it fantastic. <laughs> yeah don't order any I have some. Yeah, great you could arrive at your reunion with the boxes in your trunk well no I'm completely embarrassed because I just shipped it off and I didn't go to my reunion that year and then the next oh. reunion I went to people were like oh we enjoyed your book and I was like oh thank you yes you know I was yeah. just too busy being an author to come I don't know and I <laughs> I sent my book without me. I know it was probably not yeah. very classy, but you know. No, but you made. But they bought the book. That's it. Well, the, the class bought... did, and they just gave one to everybody. Oh, so, that was just. It was really very nice. sweet. It was very sweet. There's a yeah. funny story behind it, though. It was. It, it the whole the whole thing was very amusing. But yeah, it was a very nice gesture. I mean, I don't think. I think as an author, you have to just celebrate those moments where people are you know they were are celebrating you. it sounds like you were the star uh, yeah. <laughs> the star <laughs> in the absentia you didn't go to <laughs> yeah. in absentia yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, it was fun it was it was really it was sweet it was very sweet of them to do that but um so i've never actually been to a writing retreat um except for going to a cabin that I have to write on my own. And um, what can people expect when they go to the porches? What kind of what kind of things can they expect? Do you feed them? Do you, is there social time? I know some places have readings. What, what can they expect when they go to the porches? Well, the porches is very, very flexible. I don't, you know, ring the dinner bell. And after, uh, marriage and two kids i said i am not cooking for anybody they have a well <laughs> kitchen and um they can eat when they want to they can eat at 3 a.m in the morning it's it's small you know there's only right now there's i have a a cottage and i have a second floor and third floor so there's two rooms on the third floor two rooms on the second floor then the downstairs first floor is the the kitchen refectory 
and then there's another room that's the parlor. So it's one of, it's 1854 house. So you have the central hall, then you have the two large rooms, high ceilings off of the, the, the main hall. So it varies because it depends on which writers who has come. Um, they can mingle in the evening um, if they so choose, and some do. Some end up, uh, you know, having dinner together. Some don't. They have their meals separate, and you may have maybe a little conversation and then go back to their room and write. Or they could just sit out on the porch with wine and never write in the evening. In the evening. <laughs> <laughs> or all day. You just said there were Some no of them rules. Might be there all day. I, I but am that's not, a secret. I'm not Mother Superior. I don't go around and see. Well, what did you, you know, write today? Well, you're you supposed know? to drink coffee till noon, and then switch. Yeah. And then you switch your <laughs> beverage. But I do because it's an old house. Um, you know, it's a beautiful old home, and um, I do say that we have quiet until five thirty in the evening and you're you're under no obligation to do this you know the social hello how are you good morning you just can come in make your coffee you don't have to even nod in fact i have one one poet and she comes in she she's in her space she does not want to even say hello in the morning and sometimes i have to warn writers if they're here when she's here that she's not you know don't, don't take it personal. <laughs> and then in the evening, she's very friendly. She has a glass of wine. She opens up and talks. And but it's I want writers to know that they they don't have to put out any energy doing all this social interaction. That they are there to be at peace, connect with themselves and their work, and then they're free in the evening if they want to mingle or not it's it i don't i don't have any um you know uh, schedule and i think that the writers that come here really appreciate it because there's so many retreats that you know they have all this sort of schedule and program and and that's fun for what it is if uh, but i'm just different and if the writers want to have a reading, a lot of times they just put their reading together themselves. They say, okay, they end up, you know, ha liking each other and saying, hey, let's read our work. And they never knew each other before that. So it varies. It I absolutely loved it, Trudy. I loved all of the things that you highlighted. I loved that you had the quiet hours and that you make it really clear exactly that, that there's no obligation to be social because somebody like I always feel like I don't want to make people feel bad. I don't want to come off as off putting. I want to be friendly and encouraging and all the rest, but it takes energy and it takes away from if I'm going, you know, I've only got five days or a week, two week, whatever it is, this unit of time that I'm going to spend on this work, it's so, it is such a blessing to feel like we all understand this is nothing personal. You know, I'm going to take my coffee and go upstairs. And sometime when I was there, there was a very gregarious writer who, um, who's been there quite a bit. Trudy, I think she's set up her own, like, um, seminars there, something like that, where she's booked the whole place and had other writers come. And, and she was delightful, lovely. And 
and understand, you know, but these, the ways of the place, which are just so, it just so feels so good. It just feels so good. And they, she put, I think a little note, just a little post-it note on the refrigerator under a magnet that said, you know, if you want to read anything, we're going to meet down by the, you know, in the parlor at seven o'clock or something like that. And those of us who were there did, and it was so much fun. That was great. And one night, you know, a kind of impromptu uh, gathering around the fire pit was wonderful, but I loved the, in at that point, especially with my own personal life and then the writing that I was doing, it was just such a gift to feel like I didn't owe anybody anything, nothing. <laughs> it was so great. We don't realize, we don't realize all these expectations, cultural, social, um, that, that it, it does drain you. It can yeah. invigorate you, but it can also drain. And to be have your space and to be so connected and with what you're creating, uh, you go to deeper levels of, of consciousness and creativity if you're not constantly having to, and especially today with the Facebooks and the phones. And the, I mean, we're just living in this little box. And yes. I like, I want my writers to reconnect with their souls suture their souls oh yeah wow. i'm trying to remember you have a welcome packet for writers when we come in the um, binder of um, information about the place and on our podcast i think i have read aloud the back the the last page of that mm -hmm. and i'm trying to remember it's dancers right who is it that... it's agnes demille and martha graham yes and martha. i can't and you know it's so funny i can't remember who's giving advice to who i, I don't, don't remember agnes either DeMille. i must be agnes demille giving advice to martha graham okay okay and i'm glad you have it i don't have it on me now but that yeah so it's so amazing, isn't it? it yes, it, it is. Really, these words of encouragement. And yeah, it's it's really great. And speaking of all the other things that can get in our way, there, I did not have... So we do... How is it? We have access with our cell phone, either cell phone or Wi-Fi. I can't remember which one we had there. Oh, you have... Uh, well... That's funny because we had that satellite and you, I was like running around and not running around. <laughs> I would remind writers, please stay off because it, it gobbled up the data. Okay. I well, don't have too much data, but now I have fiber optic. Oh, so dear. you can do as much online as you like now. But oh, okay. I, I guess I didn't have fiber optic when you were here. I I can't remember. I mean, I think I had one or the other. I think I could actually get online. Anyway, the truth is I could have communicated more ably than I thought I was able to. So I told all my family, all my friends, I'm like, I am going to be off. The, I'm not going to have any access to anything. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I've actually had writers tell me they wish that I was back on satellite because it's too, <laughs> yeah. too seductive when you have the fast internet. Yeah, the it cabin, the cabin that we have, um, there's no cell service and we do not have Wi-Fi. We could buy Wi-Fi, but we're like, we keep going. No, no, it's such a good break. 
yeah to just be to just you sit and you just read a book and you look at the birds and stuff and you don't have to be connected or worry Mm-hmm. And guess or what? The world just that feeling that you can. the world just moves along. I, I years ago yeah. I was staying at the cabin and I I rent it from a friend and I was staying at his family's cabin and um, we were just sitting looking at the river and the tree and we were just chat 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 having breakfast and one of the neighbors showed up and they said um, Princess Diana died and we just were like what are you even talking about like it felt such like this word, I mean, we'd only been there for 24 hours and it already felt like it was just something from so far away that was like, didn't make any sense to us. <laughs> That's such a relief, isn't it? I mean, you have, you just unplug and it restore, yeah. restore. Yeah. We don't realize it. And really go down, and just like what you were saying, go into your creativity and your quiet space and, you know, you don't have to worry about what Trump is doing or whatever else we all are on this little hamster wheel trying to keep up with the news and the what are we supposed to be panicking about now and you know and uh. it's like a drug the news it it's um yeah and it's it's hard to disconnect from it um and uh but when you make that commitment to what either if you go to your cabin or come here, or any retreat, you're making a commitment to your writing and yourself. And that's one of the things that happens, the the alchemy of packing up and going to a place where I am going to dedicate myself to my work. And it does, it it changes, it changes things for you. you So I I have a hard question for you. Okay. Are you able to write at the porches? <laughs> well, you know, that that's so funny because um, I took over one of the rooms that used to be a, a writer's room, and I said, okay, that other desk is going to be um, for my business and all this, and I'm going to have this desk in this room for my creative writing. And it was so funny because little thing, my little bills and little envelopes and mail like little mushrooms would start piling up <laughs> the it was i was supposed to be writing on um but it, a lot of but, but now i am it's and I, I i would like to go to a retreat but i'm just so happy here and doing the work and i haven't you know taken the time but part of my way to solve that was i m- make a habit you know, habits are hard to break. And having a habit, okay, I'm I'm not going to look at the news. I'm going to, I found just, I like to stay in my pajamas and write in my bed. Mm, so nice. that, I found these comfy ways and, and make it a habit and then do all the business and everything. But no, Meredith, that's a great, that's a great question. And I'm sure I would really, really benefit um, going to a retreat. I'm not getting as much done as the writers that come here. Let me just say that. <laughs> You've got too many distractions. Well, I love that. You're getting a lot of other stuff done. I also love that you have two nice desks and you write in bed. That's just such a writer thing to do. <laughs> and stay in the pajamas. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. Now I've gotten to where I'll actually go and see a writer for whatever reason or go into the, the retreat part and I'll, I'll be wearing my um, pajamas. 
No, I do change the top. I had the the top, but I'll have the the and I'll say, and I'll say these are my writing pants. Yes. <laughs> well, that's we and all wear. All understand. We all wear writing <laughs> pants during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still have mine on. Why put on things that you have no. to button or zip? No. So inconvenient. No, no. <laughs> oh. Well, it has just been really wonderful to talk with you, and thank you for telling us about the porches. It sounds really, really lovely. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me to have this chat. And This was such a pleasure, and I hope that we'll get to see one another again soon at the porches. <laughs> I'm eager to come back oh, when the schedule permits. Thank you. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Well, that was really delightful to hear about the porches. I love how um, she talked about how the house spoke to her. Yeah. And gosh, I forgot to ask her if there are ghosts there. I think somebody said there that they have heard ghosts. Oh, what old house doesn't have ghosts? (laughs) I know. And that it spoke so clearly to her. As long as it's their their pro writer, I mean. You know, yeah. to... it really does have a feel. There's a there is a thing about that place. It's amazing. Yeah. So maybe one day you go, but your cabin and I loved our little mini private mini yes. retreat. And there. we have to do that again. And it was fantastic. We could so even do a spring visit. Your own good spots. Yeah. We could even do a spring visit, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think what she had to say. You know, it is it is it is great to to step out um, of where you are. I, I the thing that I miss at the cabin is the social part. Though having you was helpful, but you know that idea that you would maybe meet writers from other places, or you know mm-hmm. that you would have a chance to talk to somebody and that they would just you know spark something for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do think that um, evenings at the porches, I think a lot of folks do really pull away from their desks and and chit chat with others, share work if they feel like it. I know that was my experience there. I also, I think a couple nights I didn't do that. And I just, I wanted to read them, you know, or get into something else that was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. still on my own. And I didn't feel any, there was no feeling of that being inappropriate or antisocial mm-hmm. or anything like that. Just mm-hmm. a really good feeling all around. And And Trudy does have such a nice way of just genuinely can feel her. She really, really believes in the writers that come as writers and wants them to find what it is in them that is wanting to be said, written, painted. I know painters do go there as well. Anyway, it's well, just to hear about her nurturing both the, the creation and then the, the um, publication through the literary magazine. Yes, yes, yeah. Really so nice. I'm really happy that she was able to join us tonight. She's yeah. busy woman. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I think many people have the fantasy of, of, of having a writing retreat, but that's why I asked her, do you ever get to write? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a great question. Because again, quite frankly, that's, that's what, her business. 
that's what I would worry about. I mean, it's one thing to sort of be like, oh, I'm going to nurture all these other people. But if you don't get to write yourself, then, and you're a writer. Yeah. That could be quite, quite distressing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a lovely spring image. The, the giant house over the river and all the porches. Hopefully we'll be sitting on porches soon. So yes. getting tired of the cold and ready for some warmer weather. It's on its way. Yes. Good to chat, Meredith. And happy writing to you. And uh, you. we will connect you. next month and we'll be have we can talk about the festival of the book and all the other things that have yeah. all the other March delights. <laughs> yes yes oh i'm excited yeah i know the the writers are descending that's right, that's right. Our town. exactly yeah, <laughs> so i'll see you next month sounds good bye for now